You really don't want to commit to one specific shipping carrier for all your delivery and return needs. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Strategic Alliances at Loop Returns, John David Klausner. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm excited. So for those that don't know where I live, which I hope is everybody listening, uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And that's where Loop is actually uh, headquartered and was technically founded out of here. And depending on how you want to roll the founder story. Uh, but uh, so I've been fr- very good friends with Loop for a very long time. They've been partners with the agency for a very long time. And I'm excited to chat with uh, JD today and kind of dive into things. So uh, quickly, what's your history uh, like with Loop, what was your career like? What led to this position? What were you up to? So first of all, uh, Chase, uh, really excited to be here. Big fan of uh, the podcast and your work as an agency. Uh, so I've been in the e-commerce industry for uh, just over eight years. Um, I just hit my six-month market loop. So I'm still a relatively new guy. But uh, we've hired, I feel like, 30% of the company in the last six months. So um, my my history prior to Loop uh, in e-commerce, anyways, I spent uh, seven years at Yotpo as an early stage employee, uh, building the partner ecosystem and team from scratch, uh, and that was a very rewarding and fun experience. From starting in Tel Aviv to relocating to New York to now in Miami, which is where I'm based, uh, and and really building one of the most uh, dynamic uh, partner ecosystems uh, out there. Uh, and I was really compelled to join Loop because I'm a big fan of the team, the founder, the problem we're solving. Um, and it just was that uh, the company's at a very exciting stage in terms of growth and the challenges ahead that I was uh, very uh, kind of pumped to jump on board and, and, and help, uh, help accelerate growth for the business. Absolutely. Our audience here is obviously e-commerce founders, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, the problems that are affecting them. But oh my, me and you could probably have a whole entire episode talking about how partnerships are like the best thing to grow both an agency and a SaaS app. I am fully on board with partnership-led growth. You have no idea. Well, just uh, hit me up and we can take it offline if you want to just jam on partnership stuff because it's uh, my bread and butter for sure. Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Awesome. All right. So uh, you joined Loop about 6 months ago. Um, Let's let's just dive into the topics here. So right now, we're recording this at the end of October. And I'm trying to get this out as quick as possible, everybody listening. Uh, So obviously, we're in the crunch time. We've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday right around the corner. So we're pro- approaching which usually the biggest sales season for the typical merchant, right, is that Q4 peak. What are the three things that they need to keep in mind during this time? Well, I'm also blown away that it's already uh, peak season around the corner. Um, and so yeah, basically, peak season doesn't just mean more orders. Uh, with more orders also means more returns. If you're selling a product uh, that's prone to high uh, volume of returns, like apparel. Um, so number one, uh, starting on a more generic level, uh, you really want to prepare to go big. Um, so make sure your, your business has the right infrastructure. But at the end of the day, you really want to make sure that not just your e-commerce tech stack uh, is tight and ready to rock, but that your distribution partners 
uh, are lined up. Uh, your help desk uh, software solution is ready to receive a high volume of tickets. And also, more importantly, in our context, that your returns management solution is fired up and ready to go. Uh, so you really want to make sure you have uh, all the right resources in place before you get that surge of traffic, hopefully, and, and orders. Uh, really, with the goal of keeping your customers happy uh, and delighted throughout that process. Um, you know, we know this. Uh, both customers and dollars can very quickly churn. Um, in the post, if the post-purchase delivery, if the post-delivery experience or the post-purchase experience isn't done right, so it's really an art and a science, uh, and preparation is key. So, in addition to um, kind of preparing to go big. You really want to look for opportunities. Uh, now, this is a little bit more like loop return centric, but uh, to save on shipping. Um, so you'll, re want, you'll really want to budget uh, for increased operating expenses around shipping and carrier services. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of options out there. And we'll, I, I, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this um, in a couple minutes. So I'll put a pin in it for now, but really uh, be super opportunistic around saving for shipping. And then again, going one step deeper in the returns world, uh, you really want to build cost-effective returns flows. So outbound logistics is a whole other animal. It's a very complex beast as it is, uh, but it's really one piece of uh, the puzzle. And you also will need to budget for uh, reverse logistics because your shoppers are going to be requesting returns. Um, so to do that, you can really uh, work with vendors like Loop to help create strategies on, on which uh, policies uh, best fit the needs of your business, uh, which product conditions make sense to offer refunds for, uh, when you should offer exchanges or store credits. Uh, but there's a ton of different models uh, you can explore, such as uh, returnless refunds, for example, if um, you know the product is cheap enough or it's too cheap or the, the, the shipping uh, cost is higher than the actual product. So you can just leave it with a customer. Uh, you can have a return product donated to charity. So there's different ways you can save on costs uh, on the reverse logistics aspect, but then also boost your, your brand sustainability efforts. Absolutely. I think that um, a lot of merchants as they are growing, uh, you know, and I'm just going to throw an arbitrary number out there. Like they're, you know, up, they finally get to that million dollar mark and they're having their banner year as a company. Um, they just don't anticipate what's going to happen in January. Uh, from this just uptick in customer service in regards to uh, you know returns or exchanges, the hangover effect. Um, oh, is that, is that got a term? No, that's my term. I just you know <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> it's it's how I can best relate to it. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so how can brands? You mentioned there is more to saving on shipping. Uh, so how can a brand like optimize their shipping procedures and save money during this holiday season? Yeah. Okay. So in general, I will say coming from the outside in, uh, the whole world of logistics and reverse logistics is new to me. And I'm imagining it's new to a lot of uh, first-time entrepreneurs uh, that are launching e-commerce businesses as well. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to try to not get too in the weeds here and... and Keep things somewhat practical, but you know, there's a few key ways you can optimize your shipping uh, procedure or really kind of save money during this peak. So number one uh, is really diversifying your carrier strategy. Um, you really don't want to commit to one specific shipping carrier for all your delivery and return needs. Uh, so you really, you really want to be in a place where you can evaluate different carrier options for your deliveries and your returns. So it could be based on a combination of factors uh, like the location, the weight, the type of the product. Uh, but you really, at the end of the day, want to offer optionality for consumers. Um, and really, the bottom line on that point is you don't want to be single source. Like you don't want to just use USPS or just use UPS. 
uh, you'll want to leverage what we like to call like a basket mix of carriers. Um, and that basically means like you'll, you'll, you know, want to diversify uh, your, your carrier strategy and, and it'll not only help you protect yourself, but you'll also see re- really meaningful differences in annual shipping spend. So that's number one, uh, diversifying your shipping uh, carrier strategy. Number two is uh, you want to use uh, automated rate shopping. So by using um, shipping uh, integrations like Easy Post, Easy Ship, not just within your e-com platform, by the way, but anywhere you need a label, including your RMA tool, uh, you'll be able to rate shop uh, basically based on both delivery and uh, returns to help you find the most effective uh, carrier uh, and route that meets the needs um, uh, of like your business. Um, so automated rate shipping is critical in addition to diversifying your carrier strategy. And then the third one uh, is really uh, you want to um, pre-negotiate or try to get pre-negotiated rates with carriers. So there's what they call like um, retail uh, rates, which is just you know the, the rates that a, a merchant that maybe doesn't have very high volume uh, will get. Uh, you can try to negotiate with the carriers, but it's a volume play. The more volume you have, the more negotiation leverage you have uh, to get the best possible rates. Uh, and so at the end of the day, like the best tactic would be to leverage a solution like Loop uh, that already has, um, we have buying power. Uh, we generate roughly 2 million returns per month. So those are 2 million return labels that uh, we're generating uh, through our different merchants. So we're able to use uh, that volume and negotiate the best possible rates for our merchants to enjoy uh, for their um, carrier rates. So uh, again, just to kind of recap, Diversify your carrier strategy, use automated uh, rate shipping, uh, and then also try to leverage your, your you know, return vendor like Loop if you use us uh, to get uh, as aggressive, uh, aggressively discounted rates as possible based on the volume they're getting. I hope that makes sense. I didn't get too in the weeds there. Uh, it makes sense to me, but I obviously I, I I've been playing this game you know almost as long as you have. Uh, the one thing that I always find interesting about logistics is this is something that I f- is usually the, one of the first things that a brand tries to outsource. Uh, they bring in a, th- a 3PL, you know, a third-party logistics company. Um, and these are conversations that you need to be having in tandem with them because quite often they are the one that's doing the, the buying of this and then billing it back to you. Um, so if you aren't even paying attention to those costs on your kind of P&L and to understanding where your charges are coming from, this can quickly get out of control and turn a profitable sale into a, uh, a bad idea. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. Um, our relationship uh, with 3PLs and warehouses and fulfillment centers is uh, super strategic. Um, and we'll, we'll, we can dive a little bit deeper as to like the synergies around uh, an RMA solution like Loop and 3PLs, like the types of integrations they can have to drive just way more efficiency and cost savings. But in general, I think we can agree, like gone are the days of growth at all costs. If you can really uh, optimize uh, your uh, supply chain and logistics operation, reverse logistics operation, and really save percentages of efficiencies, that's what differentiates a great business versus an okay one mm-hmm. is on the efficiency and the unit economic metrics. And, and the world of logistics is uh, is a whole other animal, but uh, it can really drive a ton of efficiency if you can uh, crack that uh, that supply chain or the the value chain. Absolutely. So we're talking about Q four. We're talking about just an insane lift to the natural sales volume. Like we're just going to get a lot more purchases, and with that, we're going to get a lot more returns. 
So what do brands need to know in order to optimize this you know, return shipping experience this holiday season? So it's a good question. Um, basically, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's all about the customer experience, right? Like um, you can blast as many ads as you want and acquire as many customers as you want. If you don't deliver a quality and premium experience for your shoppers, uh, they won't feel compelled to come and shop and, and come back. Um, and so returns uh, is a massive, massive pain point. Uh, you know, when you start thinking about offline and online, offline, one in $20 uh, gets uh, lost because of uh, returns. And online, so our world, one in $4 gets lost. That's 25% of your dollars that uh, and customers that could be lost uh, because of uh, products that get uh, returned in apparel specifically. Uh, so you really want to deliver that, like, that really quality uh, customer experience. And that means you need to basically have quality returns experiences as well. Um, you know, you should strive to optimize customer satisfaction, their lifetime value. But if you don't have a really crisp, good um, return experience, uh, it'll cost you over time a lot. Um, and so at the end of the day, you want to provide optionality uh, for <clears throat> your, your consumers uh, that really fits their needs uh, and is flexible. So it can either be in a physical uh, world or in the digital world around how they can process returns. Uh, so I'll double click. There's a few great examples. Um, so you really, at the end of the day, it's all about balancing the trade-off between optimizing your shipping costs as a brand and how quickly you can get your product back into stock. Um, you know, obviously that the faster you can get a product back into your inventory, the quicker that product can be resold. So at the end of the day, it's, it's all about weighing uh, the the risks of like either a longer delivery timeline against the benefits of lower shipping costs. So I know it's like I'll try to clarify. Uh, so to deliver a quality um, experience for your customers, uh, there's a few examples that you could do through Loop, uh, which we it's kind of total out of the box based on our integrations and, and partnerships that, that we have that deliver this that, that allow brands to deliver this experience. So number one, there's in-person return bars um, where you can physically drop off a product you know at a location that has a return bar. So we have a, a great partnership with Happy Returns. Loop software integrates with their physical return bars. Uh, at thousands of locations across the country. Uh, the benefit there is it saves the brand a ton of money on shipping costs. Uh, but the downside there is that it can take a lot longer for the product to get shipped back to the warehouse. Um, because when the, these return bars, they basically wait for a higher volume of products to get returned and then they consolidate them, pick them, uh, pack them up and then send them back to the warehouse. So that can take two, three weeks. Uh, longer than like the, the standard return approach. So there's in-person return bars, there's at-home pickup. Uh, so imagine you bought a pair of jeans, you like the product, but uh, it's not a good fit. So you want to return them. Uh, you can have uh, services like Vho that we integrate with come and pick it up at your house. Um, that's great because it's incredibly convenient for the customer. Uh, and actually from like a time to warehouse standpoint, it's like half the time to get your product from the hands of the customer back to your warehouse. So it could be restocked. The main downside there is um, the cost is usually imparted on the customer or placed on, onto the consumer. Um, so there'll be like some, you know, like deterrence around that. And then lastly, uh, you can, you know, have um, merchants encourage customers to keep products uh, at home if they want to return them. So, um, it's basically the main pro there is, and this is obviously limited to, to brands that, sell products that are cheaper than uh, you know, the, the cost of returning the product. But the pro here is that you're completely eliminating the cost of the reverse logistics uh, flow 
uh, you're improving your brand sustainability, sustainability efforts, um, and you're making it just, you know, much easier for the customer to have to handle it. So they could just keep the product instead of returning it. Again, the main downside is that, uh, it's very limited to, um, you know, products that are super cheap. Um, and so it's just, you know, for these types of products, it's just not cost effective to ship or process the return. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, just to kind of recap, I know I just went down a rabbit hole there, but it's all about the trade off of like optimizing like the shipping cost versus how quickly you want to get the time, uh, how quickly you want to get the product back into stock for it to be uh, resold. Yeah, there it's, and that's just goes to show, and it's not even this we can extrapolate on to beyond, you know, returns or shipping or it, it's just like all there are a million ways to approach business and sales and returns. And it's all of these things take innate thought and strategy behind how you want to do it. And often I'll encounter amazing entrepreneurs with great growing brands and they're like, we want to do, you know, we, we need we need a return solution. And you have to walk them a step back. You're like, well, what is your returns policy? And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, well, you have to think about all like all these little nuances that you're talking about need to be considered to make sure that they're not losing their shirt on just offering returns on everything, or if there's a better way to go about it. Um, and that's why you need to talk to, obviously, subject matter experts like yourself and the team over at Loop, or people that use the software all the time for their brands. We've installed it on countless stores now. I can't tell you how many times we've uh, gone in and set up the uh, kind of ad- the advanced return thing using the on-store uh, solution. So uh, it's definitely something that takes a bit of skill to understand correctly. Yeah, 100%. I read this crazy stat the other day, uh, like an insane number of customers. I think it was literally like 96% of consumers uh, will review a brand or merchant's return policies before actually executing the purchase. Uh, that's a, a massive consideration variable in the in the buying cycle. Uh, so you really want to make sure that you have a well thought out policy. And at the end of the day, it's, it's you know delivering convenience and flexibility for the customer in a way that doesn't harm the business from like a unit economic standpoint. Um, so you know you really want to find the balance between like the consumer needs and the business needs. Uh, and that's why I think there's a ton of value in working um, objectively with a solution like Loop. Um, like we just have this massive accumulated in-house knowledge and insights and data on purchasing behaviors uh, to really you know give merchants the information they need to create the best policies for their specific business. Uh, and that's really what Jeremy Loop actually it's uh, solving a very unsexy problem in a sexy way uh, that fundamentally impacts the bottom line um, of the margins for these apparel uh, brands and, and different types of retailers. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned like how many people view like the return policy. We will often split test, and it usually wins. Like putting a return like hot link that bounces like a ban not a banner but like a, a pop up up right there on the product page quickly so they can like a modal so they can see the highlights of the return policy like right there when they're about to add to cart and it usually works so there you go free cro advice out there go test that cool um <laughs> we actually we, we encourage our agency partners to do that all the time too uh, so i'm happy to hear that you you're doing it without us even uh bugging you about it absolutely all right so how can brands curb instances of return abuse uh you know it's very uh, there's a lot of dishonest customers out there uh, and especially during the holidays, we're going to see a lot more kind of returns coming in for 
I don't know, questionable reasons or whatnot. It it, it doesn't matter. But uh, if you know that you're getting taken advantage of, is, are you know, are there any solutions to that? Yeah. So that's a really interesting problem, a big problem actually that we're very excited uh, about uh, solving and committed to solving uh, with the, obviously the popularity of uh, or the overall adoption of e-commerce uh, and you know different and returns with that. Um, we've seen that returns fraud and abuse has really picked up. Uh, so we're really focused uh, as a business, uh, specifically on the product level, um, in helping merchants, you know, reduce uh, returns. First of all, reduce returns overall, but then also limit fraud and abuse. Um, and so, you know, we can do a whole episode on this. Uh, this is a really fascinating space uh, in terms of like, consu- like how to track consumer purchasing behaviors and, and flag certain customers. Uh, but just to keep things at a pretty high level, because I know this is a, a short um, podcast, but uh, really starting with the basics, uh, you really want to uh, optimize, um, you know, your inventory management process. To, like in the most basic level to reduce uh, return abuse and, and basically cut cost as well. But so number one, and this is really kind of, we really encourage all our customer merchants to do this is integrating your RMS, your return management solution with your 3PL or their warehouse management system. Um, and then, you know, you can really <clears throat> enable uh, returns to be processed way faster on a warehouse employee level. Uh, once you can provide that detailed uh, return merchandise authorization or that RMA uh, so 3PLs love using Loop because it you know makes things way more efficient and quicker for them to process returns instead of needing to manually check each product one one by one and then figure out you know what needs to happen with this product. And so you can go a deeper level and enable your 3PL to, uh, for example, release refunds uh, once uh, quality control is approved by them. And so you can really remove the back and forth. Um, which helps just control costs and prevent fraudulent uh, losses. Uh, so that's number one. The most basic level is integrating uh, your your three PL with your RMA, um, and then you know. So it also goes to say it's important to highlight like you shouldn't necessarily request for every single product to be returned to your warehouse if you don't anticipating restocking that product at the full cost. Again, you know you you need to be have a little bit of like a, a micro economist to like had on in terms of figuring out like what is going to protect your margins. Um, so, you know, you can do different things like evaluate the condition and type of uh, product uh, and determine like, should that be restocked? Should that be sent to a resale partner? Should that be donated? Should that be recycled? Uh, if an item, for example, is destined for like a third party resale, you can partner with companies like Arrive and Recurate uh, to help you recoup the costs, uh, the kind of overall reverse logistics, but then also lower your carbon footprint. So that product gets resold through a secondary channel. We're, that's a growing trend and we're super bullish on, on these types of uh, partners. Uh, and then really lastly, just to kind of end it on the, uh, the abuse side, uh, this is where it gets really kind of exciting from a product standpoint with Loop. Um, you know, there's different ways in which our product uh, will prevent uh, abuse and fraudulent behavior from reoccurring. So number one, um, you know, our solution is able to use uh, item level, we call it grading and dispositioning. Um, so it basically is like product level Intel on like what, what is wrong with the product? Why is it getting returned? Uh, using that data and collaborating with your three PLs to basically identify serial or fraudulent, uh, returners or, or faulty products as well, by the way. Uh, so this will help you pinpoint flows within your returns process. So the goal here is to really use all the data and these learnings to help you restrict or ban customers who've abused your policies. Um, and also in parallel, you know, help identify manufacturer defaults or errors that, you know, you can help 
to flag and improve for product level quality down the line as well. Um, so that's a huge track for us and a huge theme for next year, just in terms of the future of the product, um, in terms of just returning, uh, reducing uh, just returns overall, but then also limiting uh, abuse and fraudulent uh, purchasing behaviors. That's amazing. Uh, John, David, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think would uh, resonate with our audience? Uh, no, I think... Um, no, so I appreciate that question. Um, no, I think really uh, what uh, gets me kind of jazzed up about the problems we're solving at Loop is a few things. Um, there's, it, it's really like a three-pronged solution. Number one, uh, you know, and this kind of summarizes everything we spoke about and, and what keeps us up at night in this business. Is number one, how do you like, make shopping easy for shoppers, right? Like, how do you make it easy for them to have that consideration? Returns are just a reality you can't escape. So we want to make that whole experience as seamless and as smooth as possible. Uh, number two is, you know, brands, um, you know, they pay a lot of money to acquire customers and we want to help them retain those customers. Uh, and so <clears throat> returns in general are just not a profitable operation. Like the, the unit economic level, uh, the cost of shipping both ways, getting products back into the inventory, uh, back into the warehouse, refurbished, restocked. It's super time and cost effective. So we want to help merchants solve that and limit uh, the impact. And then number three, it's on the sustainability, which honestly is a whole other topic that I think is worthy of like a, a podcast episode with one of these uh, uh, resale e-commerce partners like Arrive or Recurates and stuff. But um, the, the whole sustainability aspect is massive and has huge opportunity for impact, not just on the environment, but then also on how brands engage with customers and, and apply these policies uh, on a much more serious level. Awesome. All right, JD, I'm going to be letting you go here. We're running into time, everybody. Uh, there are some awesome resources that they shared with us that we're going to make sure that we put into the show notes. Uh, they got an awesome ebook on how to optimize reverse logistics during your peak season. Uh, and there's also some other content on their website. We'll make sure to link all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, John, David, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Chase, you're a legend. Thank you so much. It was an honor. And I look forward to uh, following you along the, the rest of the journey. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.